Hey peoples, welcome to another episode of Rock the Boat Oklahoma, where we talk to people who are unafraid to do the thing that rocks the boat in their own life and in our community, and that I think you need to know about. Well, we are in our first episode of our new rebranded, relaunching Rock the Boat Oklahoma. Super excited. I'm glad you guys are here. And so for our first episode, we are having our, my new producer, Shanda Danielle. Yeah, she's the founder of Lifehack Media and a million other things. <laughs> so I guess we should first go over how we met. Okay, so well, I am, was new to moving to Oklahoma City from just Southern Oklahoma around January. And I was looking for a nonprofit event planner, and she told me about your podcast and it said I needed to be a guest. Well, whenever I reached out to you, you said that you weren't going to be having a season two because, the, no offense, I mean, there's a lot of funding that goes into anything. Anyone should right. understand mm -hmm. that nothing is free. Right. So I wanted, and I do have a production company, Lifehack is Lifehack Media Online for all of the stuff that I do, so I just said that I've been doing this side of the camera, so I would love to do that side, and so that's what I'm doing this role, so this might be the only time you see me in front of the camera, but I'll be the person, hopefully by the end of the season, the, the editing will be, will be great, and it'll be super <laughs> cool and all that. Yeah, you so know, bear with me yeah. during the beginning because I've always sat on this side and this will be my first role, our first role as producing a podcast, Ooh. being on the other side, yeah, being an editor. So I am really excited about it. But as for what I'm a humanitarian at heart, I don't like good things to die. I don't like <laughs> things that I believe in. And so when I heard that it was just like, you know, you had to shut it down, and I, I'm not. Stand, I said, like, what What can I do? Can I help this out? And so that's kind of how I came in the mix. Oh, and very grateful for that indeed. Yes. And it's, and you know, and how do you know her? Jenny? Mm -hmm. um, so Jenny Banner of Oklahoma Lung Cancer Initiative is the one that connected us. And you guys might remember she was a guest on one of the episodes, which I have now reposted the original and reposted on the new podcast service so if you haven't listened to it you should listen to it jenny is amazing so yes that is that is our connection so now we'll get into like the meat of it <laughs> yes that's, that's who we are so what i do or one of my jobs because as you said, I do so many, and that, that's what I told her earlier. I said, my hardest question is when people say, what do you do for a living? Because I'm just like, I feel like that is like a shell shock <laughs> question, whereas most people, that's just so like, I do this. Right, I'm a, I'm a this, right? Yeah. Here, but because I do so many things, so I laid them all out so you can kind of talk about them, like, it's kind of a, like, what services are you looking for as to why you're asking me? Because... I obviously do content creation mm -hmm. and things like that. That's why I have a media company. 
Photography was always a passion. Like I had my first camera at like five when they were those little bitty and they had the little bitty rolls, you know? Oh, and it was, yeah. I think they were called like 125s and that was my first camera. And only two of the pictures came out that you could actually <laughs> tell anything, but I've been in love since. So being in front of the camera and having a camera has always been, I guess, my favorite hobby. I never wanted to do it as a job because I was afraid that I would start hating it with oh, clients. Yeah. Right. But it's, I'm, you know, I've learned um, how to do it because of just. And then I've been a content creator for the past 10 years now. So I've been online. I'm on all places, all the platforms, doing all <laughs> kinds of ridiculous things. But. That so that is one of my jobs, and so and I'm also a published author under my own media company. Me and my son, my son is 10 years old and autistic, mm -hmm. and he was bullied in school last year and had to spend time in a psychiatric unit. Oh, yeah, yeah and brutal. it really is. And whenever we went to the library, because I'm big on reading, reading is one of my I just I'm a book nerd. So, you know, like, so reading is kind of, you know, so I, we went to the library, there was nothing on it. Like, we couldn't find any books on the subject. And so, when oh, we got bullying or autism or being bullied as an autistic Like, child. going to the hospital, what is this like? What, oh, you know, like, the next okay. step, like, what happens once you tell someone? Mm -hmm. Like, okay. so, you know, because, like, there's all kinds of books telling you to ask for help. But then there's nothing that tells you, like, what are you going to go through when you get help? Oh, like, what does help look like yeah, okay. to a child? And so I asked him, I said, do you want to write a book so we can explain so that way maybe someone else would be more willing mm -hmm. to talk about their feelings because now they know, oh, so after I talk about them, like, worst case scenario, this could happen. Right. And it might make them more willing to talk about it because right. at the end, um, Caspian talks about he, and it was the hardest week of my life. I battled as a parent so much if that was the right decision. And what I kept having to tell myself is I would rather miss my son for a week than a lifetime. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, at least if something happens in the future, I tried, you know, I, right. I won't have that. Maybe should I send him? So, right. so we wrote a book about it because he told me after, like, it was one of the first things I asked him after I stopped him and looked at him, and I was like, "Was this the right decision? Did you need to go here?" And he said yes. Oh, and wow. so, like, it mattered. And so we wrote a book about it. And so that's how that's how Life Hack came about. But Life Hack was really a byproduct of Tanker's Rock, which is my number one job that I love so dearly because Sanger's Rock is a nonprofit organization. We specialize in child loss, specifically miscarriage, stillbirth, and neonatal death. And so through that was needing to be a public speaker. I'm a public speaker. I'll talk anywhere you want me to go. <laughs> so that's kind of how life... <laughs> I, I am, I am. So that's kind of how Life Hack was created because there are certain things and events that didn't quite fall into Tanker's Rock. And so I created an LLC that they kind of balance each other and make sure that I can be wherever I'm needed because you might not necessarily need to hire a company that specializes in child loss, but you might want me to come speak about empowerment, bullying, suicide awareness, all of those topics that I cover. Right. That's what... But Tanker's Rock started when my third child, who is actually named Tanker, I, I am a hippie. Uh, <laughs> I, 
My children are Caspian, Bliss, and Tanker. So, yes. I am unusual, yes. I am a hippie. And, unfortunately, Tanker was stillborn. Um, at the time in the laws in Oklahoma, um, they only declared a child stillborn or miscarried after 24 weeks. And so, since Tanker did not meet that quota, I, I asked them, I said, you know, so... He's not here because he's just a mass of tissues, but he's a body laying in the in the nursery that you won't let me take because then you're going to call the cops because that's the unlawful removal of a dead body. Mm-hmm. But I don't get a birth or death certificate and all it says on this paper is I had a mass of tissues. So I felt like there was a problem. Mm-hmm. I felt like immediately there was something that... And I was always taught growing up, don't complain about things if you're not willing to change them. And so there's been a lot of mountains I could have died on that I've remembered and been like, no, that's probably not my cause that I need to like, you know. Right, right, yeah. But this one really struck home with me because then I learned you have your burial costs. And you're planning for their life. You're, um, we plan so... I was a cheerleader and my ex-husband was a football player. So we thought about his name as like someone, if you were looking, because the guys, you know, used to always look through the rosters of the other teams, like names oh, and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> so we wanted names that people would be like, so like Anna Tinker's like a strong immovable force. And yeah. so like, you know, and that's, and his middle name was named after his grandfather. And so, you know, we, we had really thought about that. We had thought about him growing up and going to high school and he would have been the youngest they're all two years apart so you know like if he would have gotten to maybe possibly play at the same time as his older brother you know all those things is what we were thinking about not the cost of a barrel pot not the cost of the casket not the cost of all of the things that then we immediately were faced with that we were not prepared for and we were not financially prepared for it, we weren't emotionally prepared for it, and you kind of just get, I'm sorry it happens to you, go on your way. And because there's no baby, you don't get the the grieving time, you don't get the maternity leave, you're just mm. immediately... Just expected to go on with your life. Yeah, your job resumes, because yeah. it's not considered, at that time at least in Oklahoma especially, it wasn't considered a death. Mm. So they just want you to come back to work the next day because, again, you're just past the massive tissues at a hospital. That, right. How 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 stressful is that? Yeah. You know? Why would that be at all emotional? Yes. Like, and so, since at least since 2015, when um, this happened, now the law in Oklahoma has changed to 12 weeks. So there will be differences. So if other people are going through that, and that was one of the things that I heavily advocated for in the beginning was lowering that age requirement because by 23 weeks you have a baby it is a baby like a recognizable yes like you you can count um and i did not bring all i didn't bring any pictures of tanker just because i don't want to have trigger warning but tanker was 17 and a half weeks and you know he's a boy and you know he had 10 fingers and 10 toes and eyelids and ears and he was only 17 and a half weeks. Right. So again, Oklahoma having it at 24, 
that's a, that's a try, you know. Like, yeah, right. Tanker was only four ounces and fit in my hand, but if he had gotten another ten weeks, like, and yeah. so, so I'm very thankful that Oklahoma did recognize that that was something that needed to be addressed, mm -hmm. and they've addressed that. So, I will. Yep, we got one <laughs> thing off the list, um, and now we are just. I mean, COVID hit hard. Yeah. I run a nonprofit, which means, again, I don't sell anything. There's no, like, for sale. Right. Yeah. So I, I couldn't, you know, amp up my product or put a mask on it or anything. Yeah. And a lot of the times how I reach my clients is my numbers or our cards were in, like, ERs and things like that. And you weren't allowed in hospitals. Oh, yeah. Like, right. and I even have those ministry credentials that... Still did not get me in hospitals. <laughs> no. So it really put us to where the last um, year and a half we've been mainly online and dealing with all our clients online, which we have still maintained and kept up with our clients. But it's just been different. It's been a different yeah, year. Right? Like, and every, all the nonprofits are suffering. But So what specifically does Tanker's Rock do? Tankers Rock, well, when Tankers Rock has money in the bank, as well, of right? not, not today, so, but when Tankers Rock is in operation, um, usually, honestly, I get referred more than I get the initial client to reach out to me, but someone will usually be on one of the platforms looking up okay. miscarriage, stillbirth, neonatal death, child loss, any of those keywords, and they see my organization, and they either reach out saying, like, I have someone going through this. I had someone that just went through this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And that's usually how my initial connection is made. It's sometimes after, and it seems like the moms that have went through it then after they've had some time, then they start looking into help. But yeah. the clients that I get, I guess, right off the bat are usually a referral that someone, again, in the ER or was yeah. given a card and was like, I don't know what to do. So, when we were allowed to go to the hospitals, <laughs> if it was, if they were in a hospital, I would go to the hospital. And I don't think it's like I coach them through it, but there's a lot of things that don't get fully explained. There's a lot of things that you're completely going to be blindsided with because, right. no offense, most of the people only start planning and thinking and learning about funerals once they're old enough to be planning for their parents to die. Right, yeah. So when you're in the birthing time, which is in your younger, like your 20s mm -hmm. and 30s, you usually just don't have that knowledge. Right, yeah. And so I connect with them, and I find out what stage of the process, and if they're, I've been to the hospital and sat with women through miscarriage um, and arranged photographers to come in, I've been to homes right after I've done, and we, our long-term goal for our endowment, we want to have a completely free cemetery, we call it a garden because we want it to be living, um, here in Oklahoma City, which so there's none in the nation, it will be the only one dedicated just to children, specifically, especially for this cause, 
and we're going to have a yellow brick road through it. Yeah. And the bricks are going to symbolize. And so a lot of times, um, even with like Tinker, Tinker was big enough to be buried, but sometimes they're not. And sometimes they mm-hmm. choose for um, cremation. There's lots of other options. But mm-hmm. for some of those that we don't actually have, we're going to do a yellow brick road that way. Like the bricks will have their Yeah, the bricks can yeah, have their names. Yeah. Because yeah. that way it's it's kind of their little mini headstone. Yeah. Because yeah. they might not actually be in there, but we are still celebrating them. And that yeah. way we can add more names to the bricks as we get them. But we want it to be green so that way if we do receive I I brought out my I got accepted to go to here. UCO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulations. I, thank you. I was actually gonna start this semester but I was like, let me do it. Let me put off one more semester to try to get Tinker's Rock a little bit more yeah. because I'm gonna get my funeral director license. Oh, okay. Yep, we want to be like a one stop. That way I already have my ministry license and with my funeral director license we would be able to handle transporting and doing all of the funeral arrangements and it can all be done. And none of it would cost our clients. And the clients are not then looking at $5,000 burial plots, $5,000 yeah. caskets. I will, the organization will already have that ready. And so far, because we do not have a cemetery, we've provided headstones and yeah. memorial gifts like necklaces. And we do things on holidays where we do special like graphics online with their name on them oh, yeah. to celebrate. So... It's once you're in, as we call this club, once you're in the club, you're always in the club. So you don't ever, unless you call me and opt out, Mm -hmm. your your child's name is then always continually added to everything. It's after that. So you don't have to call me and be like, I want my kid's name on that. If you, Mm -hmm. you'd have to call me and say, I don't want my kid's name on that. And I do everyone's to kind of keep privacy for families. I refer to them as what their child's name is, mom. So, oh, okay. right. so like I'm Tanker's mom when right. I'm talking to like another group of people. That okay. way, if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, you can. And I always, that's one of the strongest things that I encourage for women because in five years that I did this, and I did this across seven states, and I spent six months in Mexico. Tiny bit of five languages I know, so I can talk to most people. I can talk most people's ear off. That's how many languages I know. Um, They would always say, well, it was only six weeks. It was only seven weeks. It was only. And so I'd say, okay, well, if it was only. I said, so if I met this guy and I had been dating him for seven weeks, and we were madly in love with each other. Again, we saw each other, the butterflies, the mm-hmm. you know, and it was just, and we had spent the most spectacular seven weeks together loving each other. And he died. Would I be allowed to mourn him? Right. Of I mean, I mean yeah. yeah. Would you, if one of your friends had that happen, would you be like, why are you upset? Like, you only knew him for seven weeks. You would never say that. Right. So, I hear that so much. But it was only. Yeah. And I, I tell them, I'm like, but it was only the entire life of your child. Yeah. You love them for their entire life. Why would you not be supposed to grieve that like that? Yeah. So, and a lot of women that catches them off guard because it's such a taboo subject. You're right. taught to like just like, 
Yeah. You know? Right. So then I tell him, I'm like, no, I want to know your child's name. I want to know all your dreams for him. I want to know. And the cliche line that I always say is, tell me about the worst day of your life. And in the six years that I have been doing this, I have yet to have someone that's lost a child not immediately know what day I was talking about. Right. Yeah. I've yet to have sure. them be like, oh, there was the car right now. They always talk about losing a child. Sure. And unfortunately, too, with losing a child, it's usually your parents or your grandparents. You think, oh, they lived this long life. And you have more closure when you you Mm -hmm. miss them. But, again, they lived a legacy and they passed that on. With your child, with Tanker, I'll never know if he wanted to play football. I'll never know if him and his brother would have ever played sports together. All of the dreams that I had for him that I envisioned, I envisioned, you know, dancing with him at his wedding. The things that I will think about every day for the rest of my life. So I have the next, from the time I lost him, 70 years, if I was, you know, of longing for someone that, and you go through kind of a, a really hard kind of parallel because you feel such a craving for your child mm-hmm. that it's almost to the point of suicidal but at the same time it's it's just that longing it's that mm-hmm. craving it's the because your body as a mother you go through things like you start to produce milk there's all kinds of things your body is longing for your child mm-hmm. and you don't have that and you're usually thrown right back into the world and so then you just put it aside put it away I can handle it I can you know I just I'm fine I'm fine yeah it's not a big deal and then years later we have women that have issues like anxiety depression postpartum all of these things that me included I was um former law enforcement and it took me it took me probably four years to wait to get help because I knew that I would have to end up giving up my career mm-hmm. and I was a career law enforcement so like it was a really hard decision for me because yeah. even though at those times I wasn't working PTSD, unfortunately, is one of those ugly monsters that doesn't go away. Right. And I never understood alcoholics whenever they would be like, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I used to honestly think that that was the most idiotic statement because I was like, if you have not had a drink in 20 years, you're not recovering, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I got PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I learned that, oh, there really can be one moment, one instant. And it can bring you all back. Mm-hmm. And I understood the relation to an addict. All it could take is that one drink. Yeah. Well, for me, I don't trust myself anymore with a gun because I have PTSD. So I had to lay down a badge that I have worn for seven years and that I planned my career into. And mm-hmm. so it steals things from families. It mm-hmm. takes things that that you don't think about and after a while you move on and you forget that someone's lost because especially like that group of women you were pregnant with that you're watching all together yeah they had their babies so they kept going and you were stuck 
there. Right. You didn't have to be part of that. No, you, you you pause, and it seems like what I heard for five years that women felt left behind. Women get just put it away, put it in a closet. Let's not let's not deal with that. Right. And so, year six, which would be this year, mm-hmm. we are taking it. Um, we have already over the last couple of years been really working on it, and we used COVID as a time, and we already drained every funding we had so <laughs> right. we might as well rebrand right now right this is a good time to pivot yeah so <laughs> so now we are more community-based we want to educate community we do we're going to be doing more free events um public speaking just really educating and making sure that this group doesn't get left behind right because yeah, i just got chills sorry unfortunately read this morning that a more a Southmore or Westmore high school teen was killed over the weekend. Oh. A 14 year old. And I instantly like like this this is my what I do and it breaks my heart because she is now facing so many things that I tell people I said this is the club that I couldn't wish on my worst enemy. Right. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish anyone to go through this. Right. So it's always a very bittersweet hearing things like that. And yeah. it also makes me more reason why we need this organization and why we needed to get our garden and things is because she might not have $10,000 today. Right. And on average, from people that I have asked on the GoFundMes and what, mm-hmm. uh, it's about $5,000 they end up paying out of pocket yeah. to bury their child. So on top of burying your child, on average, five k. That's a lot for most of us. You know. Yeah. It's a lot, especially when you're talking about younger demographic. And yeah, right. this happens to one in four women. One in four women, and that has nothing to do with you can't be rich enough, poor enough, any color enough yeah. for you not to fit in that. If you are a woman, you fall into the one in four. Right. Which means it happens to a lot of people, and yeah. it's just a lot of people don't talk about it. Right. Which is why I got really comfortable making groups of people a little uncomfortable <laughs> to talk about a taboo subject and I talk about a kind of humor and I talk about all the other things that I do and like like I'm a huge sports fan I've done podcasting where I was a sportscaster or I don't know if you know these are all Chicago teams I am repping Chicago I love Chicago Bears <laughs> so I did a show with Bears Bulls and Socks and so I do basically whatever I can to make sure that I'm having money funneling into Tanker Drop because it's needed. Right. And it's, I really wish, and I've told you many times, I wish this was something like cancer, that I could be like, let's get enough funding that the doctors are going to fix it and we're going to find a cure. Right. But there's that's no true. cure for this. Right. This is something, and that's why I said, I'll close my doors tomorrow if you can guarantee me that we're not going to bury any more children. Right. How do you do that? Right. I mean, especially with bullying and suicide, and that's now whenever I'm talking not about this end of it, I talk a lot about suicide awareness and how you're important, and when I'm talking to teens, especially, 
And I love those little people so much. <laughs> I was one of those bratty little people. So I assume everyone is one of those bratty little people like I was. <laughs> and I was more of a mean girl. So I assume they all think like me. And so I try to calculate my speeches towards the mean girl. <laughs> so to the mean girl in the room. So after, you know, I go up there and talk about how like body positive and how you, you know, you're needed and all this value and stuff. I know that they're sitting there thinking, this girl doesn't know me. I don't know her. She's just on the stage mm -hmm. doing her whatever because I'm a kid and I got to listen to all these old people tell me things. <laughs> and so I turn around and say, okay, so if your mom called me and she told me your name and she told me that you died, I would ask for your birthday and I would grieve with your mom and I would write your name down in a book where I have everyone else's and I grieve all of them. Mm -hmm. There's not a single time that I look through there that I am not heartbroken for the loss. And as I read through all of those names of all of the basketball players and football players and cheerleaders and athletes and world changers that we don't have. Mm -hmm. I care and so if your mom calls me and tells me your name and I write it in my book I will mourn you for the rest of my life so the moment that you think that I don't really care and that I'm up here just being what they hired me to be call me reach out to me on any of the social medias I'm on them and see if I'd rather have a conversation with you than you making that decision. Yeah. So. So have you ever had a teenager approach you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I actually was, uh, I actually got uh, last night um, and dealt with a teen. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. oh, wow. An 18 year old boy. Wow. So, yeah. Very cool. And I like, I ran into him, he's behind a. A convenience store and it was about 7 o'clock and I had to give him my number and he's lying to me and telling me he was okay until he's been crying and I was, mm. and I was like baby you're young <laughs> how young are you you know and about 11 o'clock he called me asking for help oh wow so yeah so it's trying <laughs> right. you know it's, yeah. it's kind of a I want you here yeah. Because how can you ever change the world? How can you ever be someone that's going to grow up and do something like this? I started a nonprofit that didn't exist, that didn't have a market, that wasn't really out there. I have a dream that's not produced by 15 other people to kind of look at their, you know. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, something that wasn't there before. Yeah. I need you guys. I need them all. Because yeah. we need that generation to grow up to change the next Right. Yeah. I mean, so like that is my goal. I gladly represent all of the kids that we lose, especially for miscarriage, stillbirth, and neonatal death, which is one of the categories not talked about enough. Right. But I also encourage you to live and live your life to the fullest. I am a producer, an author, I've been a sportscaster. 
I own my own, or I founded a, you, you can't own a nonprofit, so, but I found it <laughs> and run the nonprofit, but I do own my own company. I'm also ordained, and I am the vice president of the PTA this year All right. for my school. <laughs> and I also do volunteer work with Little Reed Wagon, which is a local organization here, and they just do donations of free children's books to parks. So we're oh. like little park fairy elves, and my <laughs> kids have the, their little official park hider badges or whatever that they yeah. earn from hiding so many books. But I get to do all of this. Yeah. You don't have to be in a box. You don't have to be 16 and plan the rest of your life. Right. Yes, like yeah. life can change. I it thought I was always gonna, does. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a career in law enforcement, and instead, because of that, I've done all this. Yeah. Like, and it, if you would have asked me midway through my law enforcement career where I would have been a decade from now, I would have said, I'm wearing a badge right. somewhere. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, no I, doubt about it. Yeah, like, that was my, and then I lost a child. And then it was really, and again, I didn't have to tell anyone. It was just over my own, how many people are going to go through this and mask it just like me? Right. I could have. I could have went back to work. I could have not gotten the help that I really needed. Mm -hmm. I could have made sure that I went back. I mean, especially they need female officers. Right. And you get paid a whole $5 an hour. I mean, they need you. (laughs) So, you know, so, but I didn't because I wanted to be able to say, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. It's okay to end up being broken after this and to have to reinvent whole life but you can I mean but it it didn't happen overnight I mean this is year six for me and right now I'll tell you this thing doesn't exactly pay me anything with COVID (laughs) but right I'm happy and that's the part that I can't trade for anything and I won't again out the person's name but one of my favorite parts too is a lot of my clients end up having more children yeah. And so then I get to see their their, yeah. their next child and there is one little girl that her brother was my first neonatal vet. Mm. And neonatal is after for anyone that doesn't know it's um babies that are diagnosed, like when they're born, they they know that they have a limited lifespan. Mm, okay. It's sometimes diagnosed in the womb, sometimes diagnosed right after, but it's those children that are not going to leave the hospital. Yeah. So that's, he was one of those. And he was gorgeous. And he had a thick head full of hair. And I have a hard time not crying every time I see his pictures. And I have undoubtedly now seen all of the pictures that they have taken of that little yeah. thing, you know. And now he has a little sister who is almost two. And I'm in love with her. And that's kind of the joys you get to see. Like, I walked with them through their loss. But now, like, I I recently sent her daughter a necklace. And the mom said that she's going to put it up for her daughter for when she grows up. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I loved you before you were born. <sighs> I loved you the moment I found out your brother existed. And so there's so many families, too, that I get to see... Um, and moms, um, I had a, a suicidal mom. I've had actually two suicidal moms that I did not think one was to the point that like 
we were on suicide. Like, I was on suicide watch in the hospital if she ended up taking her life as well as wow. a minister. Like, it was because she had lost so many children. Aww. And she wanted to be a mom so bad. And, and you, you, I face that. That's what I deal with. That's part of the reason I have those things, you yeah. know. And now both of those women have twins. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. And so one of them, she had twin boys, and one of them has a boy and a girl. And the one that has the boy and the girl had no prior children. And the one that had twin boys had three girls, and then they miscarried like five times in a row. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh. So... Both of those women were suicidal, and had they made that decision, there's four children that would not be here. Right. But they they kept in it, you know, and that's, and so what I used to tell my cliche line was, life sucks. And whenever it sucks, instead of getting hurt, and instead of letting that, like, call me, text me, message me, be like, this jerk at Walmart just told me Ah, uh, mm. instead of that, because most people, it is not out of their trying to be upsetting or trying to hurt your feelings. It's mm. out of just lack of knowing what to say. Yeah. And so some of the things I go through with those moms is I'm going to go through the top list of things that might set you off that people are going to say. Right. You know, and my favorite one or my my top one is. God just needed another angel. And I, the first time I heard someone say that, I wanted to, like, remi- remind them that, like, these daggers could probably remove your face. <laughs> like, this is just external skin. <laughs> so, I had to woosah. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and so what I tell the women and what I tell people now when they say that is not one that phases me because I immediately tell them, I'm sorry, we must serve a different God because the God I serve creates life. And if he can create life and angels, I'm sure, pretty sure he didn't need to kill my child. Mm. Yeah. So, so we just must serve a different God, but that's totally cool too. And then they usually start to think about like, oh, that does kind of sound sucky. And I'm like... <laughs> so, you know, or the... The lovely one, because I do have other children, is, oh, well, at least you have them. And, again, you like your face, right? <laughs> so, I tell the girls, and then you tell them, okay, since it's so simple, pick which one of yours you want to die tomorrow. Which, which, one, which one is the one that's going to come down with something that we could not prevent? Because, obviously, I did nothing to my child. Right, yeah. So, pick which one of them... That you can live without because you'll be okay because you still got your others. And then they look at it like, okay, then don't tell me I should be thankful that two of them are still alive. I am thankful for them, but I don't have to be thankful for losing my child. Right. And then again, they start thinking of how sucky they are because it's like, maybe you just got to think through some of these things (laughs) a little bit. Right. And the next, the last one is, well, you can always try again. And for some women, that's not an option. Yeah. And so then I ask them, okay, bury your child. And then you come tell me if that's good advice. Yeah. And if you bury your child and then you come back and tell me that's good advice, 
I'll say I'm wrong. Yeah. But in six years, I have yet to find that to be helpful advice for anyone. Right. Because I've known, like, my friend has a million-dollar baby, and that's what she calls her. Wow. Because that is literally what they spent to get that child. Wow. And it took them a decade. Jeez. So when people, you could just have another one. What are you you've got a million to donate because I mean, that's literally what that IVF clinic and that lady had to go through between a decade of wow. surgeries and this and that and this. Well, so, and even if you have another one, that doesn't negate the existence or your feelings for the one you lost. Yes. And like, that's, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And those are the three most popular, so I warn them. Mm. So they don't end up trying to remove someone's face like me <laughs> because... It's upsetting. You want, I mean, again, and I just, grief is only all of that leftover love that you had that you would have expressed to that child. So mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with grief. And unfortunately, always when you make models, it's always like you're going to go up and then you're going to get better. And grief is one that goes like this and comes <laughs> and jumps all around. Right. And so I tell you, you know, you can be okay with it. And nine days out of ten, I can talk about Tanker. And it doesn't, like, I don't cry. I've talked to him so much. Like, he's brought me to get to reach thousands of women, you know, like this. And there are some days that, like, I don't talk about it at all. Yeah. So, you know, there's no end. There's no way that I can say yes. Like, day 22, you're winging winging this. Yeah. You just have to know that this is something, and that's why having the garden and having it be something growing. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I go to a cemetery with my two children once a year. Mm-hmm. Cemeteries are creepy and old. and <laughs> Not fun places. Place. No. And so I want it to be a place that we're bringing our, our rainbow babies or children that are old, you know, mm-hmm. and celebrating it and having it being a place that is growing And if you have, you know, a large enough, there are ways, there are different options for green burial. You can bury them in mushroom suits. There was actually the guy, he was on 90210, and I cannot think of his name right now, but he actually helped pay for a lot of the, like, funding. Mm -hmm. And he was buried in one of these organic... A Luke Perry? (laughs) Mushroom suits! Oh, yeah. Because he really believed it, because then it's... It's no, you don't get involved, there's no harmful, and you get buried in the type of casket that, again, it's not going to hurt the earth, because you don't have chemicals in your body that are killing the earth unless we put the embalming stuff in there. So, being buried that way, you're not actually causing a problem, and so there's that, and then you can be put in, like, tree to where you grow into a tree, Mm -hmm. So, I want it to be alive. I want it to be, how I envision it is if you mix, like, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and, like, the Wizard of Oz when she meets the Oompa Loompas, kind of, like, just, like, a magical, mysterious, like, you can walk through it and it's tranquil, but it's very not dead and gloomy and seances and all that. (laughs) It is something that is alive. Because yeah. most of us are young enough that we're going to grieve our child for a long time. A long time. Yeah. And then, you know, in 70 years, I can see a tree grow. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, like, that's cool. And yeah. to me, that was kind of why I wanted the green, you know? And mm-hmm. that way, it's 
it's not harming the planet. There's no kind of, and then with the bricks, you know, because sometimes bodies are tiny, and mm-hmm. you know, and so you don't have to pay, or as a traditional um, burial, five thousand dollars for a burial plot. They don't care how big you're burying. You're just buying the burial plot. Right. So this being completely free, it's not gonna matter. We're gonna be able to plant things, and you're gonna be able to come and enjoy spending time with your family mm-hmm. versus no offense but like i hate going off to the cemetery and it just being the rows of the old headstones yeah. and it's just hot and then your the stuff gets taken a lot too because a yeah. lot of parents leave things and i would like to prevent a lot of those things because yeah. parents get really upset when they leave like toys or and then the stuff gets taken and understand yeah uh, sure i yeah. i did that on year one and, and when i came back on year two and there was nothing there i was like okay i'm gonna keep everything at home after this like, so <laughs> right. yeah. i just wanted it to be something different and so yeah that's that's kind of what i do it's all kinds of things <laughs> and i've now found you yeah. that we're gonna do this yeah but yeah and i love what i do i mean honestly i'm i'm a humanitarian at heart mm-hmm. i I can't. I get my last dose of rabies shots from helping rescue a stray dog recently. I'm pretty much that person that if someone is in trouble or crisis or doesn't know what to do, I'm the number or the call. Yeah. And honestly, I'll gladly serve this. I mean, and that comes too from you know years of law enforcement. Most cops are not bad and corrupt. I mean, right, most of right. them do not go into the system because they have a power trip. You have, you find them. Sure. And sometimes yeah. they're created because of the job. But that's not why. Most of us went into it with the ambition and the heart to be willing to die for the public. Yeah. Same as a military serviceman. All it was was for seven years, I wore a badge and was willing to lay down my life for someone I didn't know, including you. And the same as servicemen do. So now I just get to help people when, unfortunately, their lives are taken. Yeah. So I really am excited for it. I want it to get going. I want it to get funded again because... I, I really wish we had the funding that right now I could reach out to the the no, child, you yeah, know, and be like, let me, yeah. you know, because I'm betting they don't have that 10 grand. And that used to be ways we were able to support was by, you know, helping yeah. and all that. So yeah. it's, and we are 501c3 for anyone out there with businesses. You do get tax right off. <laughs> you know, it's not, it is a good cause and things and. It's, it's going to be a long project to get our endowment, but Oklahoma's the heart of the nation. Like, So with me having all of the licensing to be able to handle it here and with us having a cemetery, we'll be able to have, um, you know, appeal to celebrities, elite clientele. You know, we can fly people in. Um, that's what I was talking to my financial advisor, and she said, we can end up getting pilots that'll, um, you know, volunteer oh, to, yeah. like, fly the the body to mm-hmm. us, you know, and so it's, it's things that we're not wanting to just be for Oklahomans, mm-hmm. you know, you have a tragedy, like say a school shooting, a child, you know, mm-hmm. like we can come in and cover all funeral arrangements and then we're able to, that family's not like, oh my goodness, I just lost my child and now. Right, I have to come up with $10,000. Yeah. Minimum. 
Yeah, that's kind of, and a lot of people end up cremating. And they, they, I have talked to many of people that were very against it, but all of a sudden, what do you do? Yeah, you get an urn versus a coffin. Yeah. It's a big expense. Yes, and they're like a thousand, ten thousand. Yeah. And so I, I want to eliminate that for them. I want, if they want to bury their child, family will bury your child. If you, I mean, obviously, if you want to do cremation, you just have to pick somebody else to do it because that won't be my specialty. Yeah. But, you know, I want people, if they want to bury their child, I want you to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want ever, I don't want cost to ever be why you could not properly grieve or yeah. you know have that time because that is the last time you have with your child and yeah. I'll tell you child that's not too crazy because I remember I think about year three going back out there and it had been rainy Oklahoma season yeah. and the ground was really really soft and you have crazy thoughts I remember thinking you know I bet I could dig him up it I mean, and that, that's like, because again, like, it's my child. It's like, I know my child is born right there. Right. And then I have the rational brain that says. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, that, that's not. But you still have those feelings. Yeah, I, you know, like, right. I'm a mom. My child is six foot right there. Right, yeah. And so, and I wanted to talk about those things. So the other mothers, when they go through it, they're not just like, I must be just totally wack up. No, you miss your child. Yeah. Do you ever talk to fathers? Yep, I do. Um, I have actually talked to um, fathers and grandparents. Um, I've talked to other people like that just like because of um, younger like if you knew somebody or oh, a sibling, okay. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, no, anyone that wants to talk about it, I have reached people through the online social media. Um, let's see. Japan and Argentina, I think, are some of my furthest that I have clients um, reach out to me from. And so I have clients all over the world that I talk to. I mean, loss is loss. And that's and and that's what again, like, there's no way that I can be like, you can be rich enough for this never to happen, or you can be poor enough. Yeah, you can be anything enough. Yeah, the others know, and there's no that predictor. You know, mm-hmm. there are certain things, but mine came on. I had an ultrasound three days before mine. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, so again, it was three days before they were looking in my, because again, 17 weeks at that 16-week appointment. Yeah. I had, like, already, like, we had a sonogram that mm-hmm. time. So, like, a week and a half before, like, everything yeah, was good. Fine. And yeah. then... So, yeah, so that's one of those, this is not, and it wasn't because I was doing anything reckless or anything. Yeah. It's just, it just happens. happens. And then, so if there was somebody, not just like somebody who lost, but maybe somebody who wants, I mean, it's one of the things you kind of talked about before that I think is really good. Like, who wants to learn how to talk? to people how to comfort people like mm-hmm. you know what do i say you know like okay i'm not supposed to say these three things or i'm an asshole yeah <laughs> what well, do i say those you know? are the ones i cover first and normally what i tell them is finding out um i always ask for their name that's one of the very first things and if they don't have a name because they do the whole but it was only no, right, I, yeah. I highly encourage uh-huh. a name 
And I tell people, talk about their child. Yeah. Use their child's name and talk about them because they want to. Yeah. They want you to include their child like their child was existing. Right. So they want you to say, oh, yeah, Shanda has three kids. Shanda has Caspian, Bliss, and Tanker. Nobody has to know that Tanker is buried. Right. But acknowledging just something like verbal like that to someone that is that means the world because you are acknowledging their loss without having to be like the kid died right you don't have to go through all that but by just by doing supportive little things asking them would you like to um have any kind of a ceremony talking to them and, and asking them what method of communication because while you're going through grief some people need the, like, I want people with me constantly. Mm-hmm. And some people want the, like, leave me alone. Right. So asking them, for the time being, while you're, you know, this rough time, what would be the best message for me to contact you? Mm-hmm. Those are going to be things that they're really going to be like, wow, they're thinking about my mental health. They're thinking about how, you know, mm-hmm. those meal trains, making food yeah. for them. Things like, they want to not be forgotten. Yeah. They don't want to be... I literally walked in the doctor, and I hadn't seen this doctor forever. I walked in, he's out of the paper, and he says, what are you here for today? And I said, I had a stillborn. And he immediately grabbed and goes, what drugs do you want? Like, mm-hmm. didn't even, like, I did No doubt, no question. No. Like, you had a what, what, <laughs> what drugs? Come on. And that's how people treat it. So... What I encourage, and eventually, this is one of our eventual goals, um, we're going to partner with a local college. That way we can have a scholarship program because I also learned the, the long way that business management mm-hmm. and nonprofit business management are two totally separate entities no. <laughs> right. that, that are specialties I learned. So just because someone is a business manager, they are not specialized in nonprofit, and so I want to be able to partner with um, a college. And so, their last year, a senior being able to have two seniors that we sponsor, so we can have someone that wants to go into like nonprofit management and mm-hmm. all of that, so they can spend a year working alongside, and that way you'll get a year of job opportunity. You'll really get to see what it's like. Yeah. And it's also a little like a trick. It's a plug. Because most of the time, you are not losing children that young. Mm -hmm. But then when you go through it, you don't know what to do. So if I'm able to get this scholarship fund going out of college, and if every year, um, because I usually, I always wear flamboyant colors and things. So they're probably like, there was this chick up there in rainbow glittery pants. And they're going to be like, I remember back in college, and she said something. And they'll know that they can look it up. They'll be like, there was some chick I remember. And they'll, then they can reach out to their college and they'll be able to find us. Like, I remember somewhere that there was some crazy lady. And <laughs> hopefully, again, you know, if it's a school like OU or something, that the word will spread. And so by offering that scholarship opportunity, you are keeping young people involved and engaged and also the awareness. And so that way, what we do when we're in our local areas is like, so that boy that died, he's 14, he probably would be a freshman. 
we would make sure that like all of the important activities he missed mm -hmm. or he will be missing mm -hmm. that his family gets invited to. Oh, right. So that it doesn't, so that way they're included. You yeah. Know? Because what's happened is like she could have been the number one sports mom, PTA, like, like she could have been, and her kids, so right. now she's not in club anymore. Yeah. She's not going to go to these games. She's not going to be, like, she's now out. Right. So by still sending her the invitations to, like, the big, like, the graduation ceremonies and all those things and having young people, and that's why I think having a college support, you know, mm -hmm. having those young people being, like, Hi, I'm going to be your escort, like, because you know you can have it either if you lost a boy or a girl, mm -hmm. come and bring that woman to this graduation ceremony and sit beside her so she can be in attendance in place of her son. Okay. You know, because yeah. those are going to, because they, they see that announcement and they're like, that's for my child, yeah. you know. He would, my son or my daughter would be graduating this year. I would be at this, yeah. I would be sitting there. And yeah. so if it's someone like in high school, you know, and it happens at a high school, Let's on their senior year. Let's have them someone that sits there in their place because mm -hmm. that child was. I mean, the child that I read about was murdered. I mean, and so he did not have the opportunity to do this. Yeah, well, his potential was taken from him. Yeah. So I think by acknowledging moms and bringing them in and making it again, educating the community. You know, mm -hmm. just ask them about their name. You know, like include them in conversation and don't when they talk about it do this okay <laughs> right because that's i mean and again awkward and i don't know what to say and i'm uncomfortable yes and and so talk about them talk about them just like you would your child right, right. because that's what they want they yeah. want to be able to talk about their child especially the older the child was because they will have more memory yeah so again yeah. like you just you know my, me and my kids talk about all the time, like, what color hair would he have? What would he be into? Because Caspian has brown hair and Bliss has blonde hair. So yeah. they don't know it as something. I mean, obviously, they are, you know, the, they don't have a little brother, but I have never made it something that has been so horrible and traumatic. It's Tanker created all of this. I would have never done all of this yeah. had he lived. Right. I would have stayed in law enforcement. Right. And so it's all about what you do when life changes, like right. and lemons to lemonades. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of and it's never it's never going to take away that I will grieve my son. I will grieve my yeah. son every day for the rest of my life. I will enjoy being on social media, wearing my big lashes and my nails, <laughs> and doing all the crazy stuff that I do. But it doesn't mean that there will ever be a day. That I won't still be his mom, and I won't still wish that he was here with me. Right, right, of course. So, so yeah, I believe I'm just a dreamer that believes in people's dreams. <laughs> and that's all nice. it is. And these were my dreams, and maybe my hard-headedness, because I don't like bosses, and I like to sign my name on my own check. <laughs> um, put me right. out of those. So, cool. So that's kind of like. That's it's, it's a lot. It is a lot. And so like <laughs> it's hard. That is my least favorite question. Like, what do you do for a living? I don't know. I don't know what I do for a living. Just oh. that and the other. Yeah. Oh and yeah, and I do I I work um as security for events too. I just got 
confirmation I get to do Lady A, which is Lady oh, Anna Nolan. So yeah. so excited to be at her <laughs> concert, you know. But so yeah, cool. so back your own insecurity pays off a little sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, nice, very so, cool. So yeah. So if somebody wants to talk about their loved one, or they want a podcaster, or a public speaker, or whatever, anything they can possibly think of, you could probably do. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it does all those. <laughs> what? How would they reach you? Um. Well, Tankers Rock has a website, which is www.tankersrock.org, and my name is Shanda Daniel. I am on. Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I can probably look up more, and I'm probably on more of that. <laughs> you can find me just about anywhere. If you type in Shanda underscore Danielle, that's my username on most of the platforms. And on TikTok, I think I have 1.5 million views if you type in that hashtag. Nice. So, yeah, so people know where how to find me when they want me. <laughs> But now I'm on all the social medias, and if you reach out um, on any of them, either to my personal one or to Tanker's Rock, you know, mm-hmm. I can push you along to the right direction or which area, because, yep, we do. Um, and being, I am ordained, and that beautiful um, rainbow-colored flag down there, even though it might upset some of the viewers, I really don't give up, because... Um, <laughs> I am ordained, and I believe that you love somebody. So that is why my flag is sitting down there, right down by my membership. Because I will tell you, and this again, I'm sorry if I upset you, but you are found out eventually. Um, I do not care who the parents are of the dead child. Oh, right. And so, if they happen to like this rainbow flag, <laughs> and they have lost a child, I treat them the exact same. Right. Which I have, in the past, had some people have controversy about, and I could care less. So, again, like, if Doesn't that bothers you. have lost a child. Yes, like, so if that bothers you, you need to know that I might not be the place, because I accept child loss. Right. Like, there's no kind of, like... Only for certain parents. Yeah, no, there's no... Because all the services are free. The criteria is you've joined this terrible club that I wish you would not have joined. Right. So, yes. So, if you are amongst someone that waves that flag, you are welcome to. Because, again, child loss. And if that upsets you, bury your child and see if you would want anyone. I, I would want all of the support... That I could get regardless of anything. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I wanted to bring that up to make sure that, you know, again, it's to make them feel acceptable. And for anyone else, if you have a problem with it, that way you know you don't have to bail out later. Because <laughs> I am not going to ever reject a parent. Right. Parent, grandparent, if you are in the morning and you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. That's kind of the deal. The criteria. And so, yep. And people are silly when they when they find that offensible too because I'm like, their child's still dying. Yeah. Like I mean, they're not trying to push their you know agendas or anything. Their child died. Right. That's that's the agenda they're pushing. Like you know, right now in this, it's 
not about any of the other race nor any of the things. All of those things have to be pushed aside and a child dies. Yeah. That's it. That's right. all you look at. So I mean, not very cool, but very cool that you're doing that. No, oh no, <laughs> I, I, my friends, just because I would be like getting ready to go out to meet my new client, my friends were like, isn't this kind of morbid that you're like in a good mood before you go meet your new client? And I was like, it is really kind of a like, because I love what I get to do. Yeah. Because I would have loved for somebody to walk me through this. Yeah. So I absolutely love that I now get the honor of doing something that I wish I would have had. Right. So I'm always excited, but no. Again, if you guys could, sh if you guys could donate enough money to the world to <laughs> shut it down to where children are never gonna die, yeah. cool. I'll shut my doors and I'll go back to being a cop or something. You know, like. Right. But this is not gonna Yeah, this yeah. isn't gonna go away. So it's it's very much a like. I get really excited because I know I'm valuable to the client yeah. and I know I'm gonna help them, but. Honestly, it's not like a, yay, this happened. Yeah. Yay, I get to help somebody through this horrible thing. Yes, that's so. more of where I get, because again, they're a part of my club forever. Like, yeah. I was watching that little girl, the one I was talking about mm -hmm. earlier, I was watching her eat lamb earlier. Mm -hmm. Her little cute something. She's just now got three little ponies, or four little, she's been getting her hair long enough where you put in oh, like, yeah. spiked up ponytails. Yeah. And again, forever. Yeah. It, it never ends because she's not ever going to stop mourning right. the, her loss of her child, even though she has more, you know. Right, 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 yeah. So yeah. you you join the club, you join forever, and we've and I I become friends with someone. I told them, I was like, I'm going to show up to all these weddings and anniversaries and things, and people are going to be like, where have you? I've been watching you your whole life. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, but, but that's kind of, I'm always happy when... Especially, you know, if they don't have any other children, you know, especially right. if IVF fails when when it finally does go through. It's, oh yeah, it makes to celebrate. It is. It makes me very happy. I have those two women and those four babies that were my hardest uh, suicide risks that I went through through my six years, and I, one of them had to be hospitalized, and I didn't think it was going to make it. Mm -hmm. I, I thought she was she she was also lost a couple times, and I didn't think it was, I I really didn't think yeah. And she's someone actually that I knew. Like I went to her bachelorette party back when she was getting married. Oh wow! Back when I was I think around twenty one or twenty two. So I've known her a long. Time. <laughs> yeah. And her her husband had been trying to have babies since then. Oh man! Yeah, and they got married back when I was young, and yeah. they just failed IVF failed IVF and just everything and so I worried a lot about her because she was in the hospital quite a few times and I was always like keep my fingers crossed and say my prayers that she would just you know like yeah pull through yeah because yeah. I remember the last time she was in the hospital she refused me to come up there because she told me she was like I know you're gonna try to talk positive to me and I was like <laughs> so she didn't want me to come to the hospital because you know mm-hmm and was some, feeling the positive talk. She <laughs> knew what I was going to say. You can't give up. We got to do that. You know, right. like, mother was all, she was like, you can't go to the hospital. Because <laughs> her sister had called me and was like, she's in the hospital again. And I was like, I'm right there. And she was like, no. But yeah, now she has twins. That's awesome. Yeah. Super awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we will wrap it up here. And yeah. 
I can't wait for all the rest of the episodes because then you're going to get to interview some really cool people, yes. some artists, yes. some like all kinds of people, not just me. I, you will only see me if I am talking or if I get excited behind the scene and have to interrupt <laughs> or, or if I'm passing her a note. So this might be the only time you see me this season, but we will have episodes that premiere every Friday at noon. Yes. Yes. They will come out on YouTube and on the podcast. And as soon as the podcast starts going, we need to get up to 50 listeners because it helps us branch out. And then we'll be able to get into Apple and Podbean and all that stuff. You know, Spotify, all of the usual platforms. So get to listening. She's great. <laughs> I just talk a lot. And if you're bored, well, they'll have episode, episodes and I'll just talk for hours that makes you come back. Like, whatever. But before we go, this is, this is the magic that's going to happen. Because, oh, magic. Yes, because I am ridiculous. My boyfriend uses the word uh, shenanigans. So I'm a shenaniganizer and I'm always up to something. <laughs> so I'm also a huge Harry Potter fan. And I have a Harry Potter closet that I built that is right now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up looking like a bookcase on the outside. Nice. It's in the works. So eventually, I, we'll show you guys a Harry Potter closet. But I wanted you to do the sorting hat and see what <laughs> house you're in. Oh my so goodness. The you have to put him on, you just put him on and then push right there and he is going to sort you. Oh my goodness. Okay. That's going to be it for us this week. Thanks for tuning in. As always, don't forget to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming service so you can be notified every time an episode drops. You can also catch us on social media at RTVOKC. We look forward to talking to you next week.